everybody, and welcome to episode 52 of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where we're convinced resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea, it's required. I'm your host, J.R. Briggs, and as we grow in our resilience, one of the things that we want to do is make sure that we experience some paradigm shifts, and we want to make sure that we shift in at least four different paradigms, where we move from fear to wisdom. We move from pain to information, we move from failure to growth, and we move from mistakes to perspective. In today's episode, I want to teach you one Greek word that every resilient leader should know. We're going to have a little bit of a language lesson, and then we're going to talk about the five neighborhoods that we all live in. Sounds a little bit like Mr. Rogers, doesn't it? Well, let's jump in and look at the Greek word that I want to teach you that is so important for every resilient leader. It's the word oikos. You can also pronounce it oikos if you wish. It's O-I-K-O-S, oikos, O-I-K-O-S. Now, oikos means family or sphere of influence or your relational circle. We all have an oikos. Big or small, you have an oikos. Your family your extended family, your sphere of influence, your relational circle, those in your sphere of connection and relationship. In the last episode, we talked about the five norms of healthy teams, but in this episode, we're going to look at the five neighborhoods that sociologists say that we live in. And that's important that we understand the word oikos. So keep that word oikos in mind, put a pin in it, and we're going to come back to it, but it relates to the idea of our five neighborhoods. If we're going to lead well, and if we're going to lead resiliently, we need to know the types of neighborhoods in which we live in and it, where we can lead. You know, I've mentioned that I'm a, a Christian and that my faith influences everything that I do, including my leadership. And as a Christian, Jesus said that we are to love our neighbor as ourself, to love your neighbor as yourself. So asking the question, who is my neighbor, is of utmost importance, not just in leadership, but also in faith. Well, here are the five neighborhoods. These are where we find our neighbors. Are you ready? I'm going to say them quickly, and then I'm going to go back down, and we're going to look at each one individually. You live in, a, number one, a geographic neighborhood. Number two, a relational ne uh, neighborhood. Number three, a familial neighborhood. Number four, a psychographic neighborhood, and number five, digital. Again, geographic, relational, familial, psychographic, and digital. Now, number one, your geographic neighborhood is your literal neighborhood. In fact, when I said neighborhood, you probably immediately thought about your street, your block, your apartment complex, your townhouse uh, community that you live in. If you went out your front door and you looked around at all the apartments or townhouses or houses in your neighborhood, that physically what you could see. Those are your literal, physical, geographic neighbors, of course. But in addition to that neighborhood, you have four other neighborhoods that you live in. The second neighborhood is your relational neighborhood. Quite simply, these are your friends. These are your pals, your buddies, your homies. These are the people that you enjoy hanging out with voluntarily. That's a relational neighborhood, those people you interact with. They could live in your zip code. They could live uh, in your community. They could live on your dorm at college. They could live across the country, but that is your relational neighborhood. Number three, your familial neighborhood. 
Again, we see family in that word, right? Your extended family, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, your great-grandparents. Even if you don't see them all that often, your familial neighborhood is important. Think about holidays. Who you often spend holidays with, that's your familial neighborhood. Fair enough. Simple enough. Number four, your psychographical neighborhood. Now, we're used to the word demographic, right? The study of those in our age range or life stage. But a psychographic study is studying people who think similarly to us, regardless of their age or life stage. Your psychographic neighborhood is more important than your demographic neighborhood. Why? Because you may be a 50-something, but think more like 30-somethings. You might be a 20-something, but think more like a 40-something. And so understanding the way you think and the other people who think like you think, those people are in your neighborhood. So what would be an example of a psychographic neighborhood? Well, that could be those in your job. Regardless of your age, you are rallied around the same vision. You have the same hopes, the same fears, the same goals when you work in the same company or organization or church or nonprofit. But you also have others that are in a psychographic neighborhood neighborhood with you. If you're a long distance runner, you connect with other long distance runners, regardless of their age. If you're a Mac user, you connect with other people who like Apple products. Or if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, it doesn't matter your age. People enjoy connecting with you. You celebrate when there are wins. You feel the grief when there are losses. Now, I used to swim before the pandemic. I miss swimming terribly. There are people I haven't seen in months that I would only see at the Y when I would get in and out of the pool. We would talk about goggles. We'd talk about swim patterns. We'd talk about eating, what we're doing. I wouldn't hang out with them in any other environment other than around swimming. Why? Because we have a psychographical similarity. We live in the neighborhood, quite literally of the pool, but also in the way we think about swimming. Maybe those of you who care about the environment, Maybe you're an environmental activist or you're a dog owner. You connect with other activists and other dog owners because of your psychographic neighborhood. And then number five, the digital neighborhood. You live in a digital neighborhood. Those you interact with on social media or other media channels. By the way, you and I are neighbors. I may not have met you, but we are neighbors. So feel free to drop me a line and say hello. I would love to hear from you. In this political season, thinking about our neighborhoods is incredibly important all the time, but I think especially now here. And one of the best ways that we can lead and be good neighbors in all five of our neighborhoods, but especially in our digital neighborhood, is to humanize those who are different than you. Let me say that again. In this political season, one of the best ways in which you can lead and be a good neighbor is to humanize those who are different from you. One of the ways I try to humanize those who are different from me online in my digital neighborhood is that before I post anything on social media, I run this thought that I'm about to post through a filter first. And I ask myself these five questions. And if it gets through the five question filter, then I post it. If not, I don't. So here are the five questions. What's my motive? Number two, does anybody care or does this really matter? Number three, is this wise? Number four, is this encouraging conversation or is it shutting conversation down? And number five, is what I'm about to say both honest and honoring? 
Again, if it makes it through the filter of these five questions, then I post it. If it doesn't make it through, then I don't. It's just that simple. These five neighborhoods will reveal to you who your neighbors are. And your neighbors make up your oikos. Again, you could have a big or a small oikos, but we all have an oikos. And if you can identify the people that live in these five neighborhoods for you, that is your oikos. Now, I want to encourage you to, to do an exercise. Take out a piece of paper, and I want you to list all the people that you know in each of those five neighborhoods. Seriously, if you just write down everyone you know in each of those five neighborhoods, it'll take you about 10 minutes. Now, here's what people find when they engage in this exercise. They're surprised. They're even shocked that they have a larger oikos than they originally thought. You have an oikos. It's bigger than you may think. But if you do this exercise, you'll be able to identify those neighbors that are in your oikos. Now, once you've identified them, I want to encourage you to do this. I want you to ask yourself some questions like, how can you encourage those neighbors? How can you serve them? How can you humanize them? How can you lead them more effectively? How could you pray for them? See, resilient leaders are those who are keenly aware of their oikos and who seek to steward the influence that they have in those five neighborhoods for good and for the flourishing of others. It's not self-centered. It's about how can I serve those in my neighborhood? I hope this has been helpful for you today. Thank you for joining me. And again, I love hearing from listeners. You are my neighbor. So feel free to drop me a text, an email, a line on social media. I love hearing from you. My information is also in the show notes. And thanks, as always, to Joel Limbowen at On a Limb Productions. Joel produces all of our episodes on this podcast. To know more, you can visit onalimproductions.com. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning. And remember, be a good neighbor in all five neighborhoods that you live in.